Welcome to What's Happening Texas ATX edition. We are recording from East Austin at Blue Owl Brewing. Yes. I'm your host, Jane, and I'm with your other host. Vincent. Hello, y'all. And today we are at Blue Owl Brewing with, uh, please tell us who you are, sir, and what you do here. Uh, I'm Jeff Young. I'm one of the co-owners and I'm the executive brewer here. Awesome. Yay. Thank you so much for having us. Like, awestruck. Janie's a huge fan. I am. Uh, cool. She... Um, got me into it as well i'm not like the biggest sour fan but i enjoy every single blue albert i've had so thank mm -hmm. you so much yeah that's great to he hear. was afraid when i first brought him home he's oh, like yeah. i hate sour sure. oh, no. you get that a lot yeah <laughs> yeah um, so blue owl opened in 2015 to make sour beer approachable yet unique mm -hmm. vincent has always hasn't always been a fan of sours as we just talked about and yep. it took time to come around to the style what made y'all only do sours which i see there's not just sours up there yes yeah i saw you do have other alternatives but i mean that's kind of what, what you're we known know for. Yeah. yeah yeah for the first six years it was nothing but sours mm -hmm. uh the the non-sours are kind of a recent thing but uh when we opened uh it, it was my second brewery the first one being black star co-op and, mm -hmm. and at black star being a brew pub, you kind of have to touch all the bases, different yeah. kinds of beers mm -hmm. for everybody okay. coming in. Um, but during that time, I, I started doing uh, tinkering with kind of this sour method um, and started realizing that you could apply the sour method to just about anything. Um, at that time, I, I didn't know it was anything. But um, so we were really fascinated in in the concept of of this souring process and, and its applications. And of course, the brewing field uh it was fairly crowded yeah. uh mm -hmm. and and it really helped to uh, differentiate our differentiate ourselves by uh focusing on something yeah and sours hadn't really taken off yet then right uh yes and no you know sours have have evolved mm -hmm. uh, both you know historically over hundreds of years and then in the last 10 years you know has has really evolved in in crazy different directions but at that time i would say uh, you know, is a lot of the kind of barrel age sours, mm -hmm. a lot of the Belgian sours. And then as far as kind of the wort souring mm -hmm. uh, uh, beers go uh, or kettle sour, that kind of thing, uh, there were Berliner Weisses and Gozas and people just kind of assumed that was it. Mm -hmm. That That's what you do if you do a kettle sour is one of those. And, and we wanted to challenge that. Mm -hmm. Now it seems like everybody has to have one on. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. No, and these are, I'm drinking the... Uh, it the old wee beastie mm -hmm. is super tasty. I'm drinking my favorite, Lime yes. Tastico. <laughs> so, this one I noticed everywhere why owls and why specifically blue owls for the, <laughs> the theme, they're everywhere. And I wanted to ask, um, I had the dad joke I wanted to be so, uh, so who, yeah. who <laughs> whose idea was it? And uh, I love it, I mean, it's cute. I love the theme yeah. and the, the logo is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about that, like how that came? And yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I've I've always said that owls are my, my spirit animal. Uh, okay. um, mm -hmm. uh, blue is my favorite color. Sold. Uh, <laughs> red owl was taken. Green owl kind of sounded uh, maybe maybe too far, like environmental. Like we weren't, oh, of gotcha. course, we're trying to be environmental, yeah. but, you know, it's not what we were going for. You wouldn't for. think brewery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So blue owl uh, wasn't taken. And the more we sat with it, the more it kind of felt right. Mm. Um, I, I've... I always tell the story of, of when I learned that Hagen Dazs is not a real word or like doesn't mean anything, uh -huh. but yeah. now you associate Hagen Dazs with like ice cream. Yeah. And I just think that's really cool that you could kind of create <laughs> just a name instead of trying to have a name that says like, oh, we're, we're big hops brewery, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. that, that really is explicit. We, we wanted to 
just really start from scratch. And the name itself is very personal um, to us. And, and we wanted it to, uh, the whole theme to kind of go in that direction. I love that. Yeah. I did not know that about Haagen-Dazs. Yeah, I didn't either. I was like, what? Oh my gosh, my mom. <laughs> I learned something. Yeah. So Susie and Jeff, how did this partnership come to be and how do you all complement each other and keep everything balanced? And we know Susie, unfortunately, guys was, uh, had to step out this morning, but mm-hmm. we'll try and get her again on sometime. So Jeff, in your words, what's, uh, could you tell Yeah, us? we, we met at Blackstar. Um, mm-hmm. she started working in the office there. Uh, for about the last year and a half that that we were there, mm-hmm. and it just so happened we we, you know, the Black Star crew went to GABF one year up in Denver, mm-hmm. uh, the Great American Beer Festival, and uh, we just had a, a late night drunken conversation of you know I was I was talking to her I was like hey I, I really want to like specialize in something I feel mm-hmm. like there's this cool untapped potential in souring the souring method that we use and applying it to every beer style and nobody's doing that yeah. and and you know i think you'll you'll see here in the next 30 45 minutes that i, I just really like doing things that people are not doing That's yeah nice. um so you know she got excited about that and really wanted to start her own business mm-hmm. um so we got together i'm i'm kind of like the production side of things and and she's the business and finance uh, mm-hmm. side nice. of things and you know for the most part we have very independent roles that we just meet two or three times a week and kind of go over things, ask a little questions, but we, we trust each other to do what we need to individually do to keep this thing going. So it's been a really good partnership. Yeah. No. And we saw a couple things on, you know, we did really did some research um, at least more than usual for us. And I was really enjoying, (laughs) you know, seeing you guys on some of the, um, the crap beer diaries Mm -hmm. and there were some things on YouTube and just seeing, uh, how articulate you guys were, passionate about it, and oh, nice. definitely, you could see that, you know, hearing. Yeah, um, they had more of a YouTube presence than most people yeah, do, I yeah. would say. And it was a good YouTube <laughs> presence. Oh, cool. It, yeah, it was <laughs> really here. great. Yeah, <laughs> so I was super excited. Okay, so I have a theory or a question. We, we do, rather. In your opinion, you kind of covered this a little bit, but I just need to ask to get out of the way. <clears throat> Did Sours become a thing in Austin before anywhere else? You mentioned that, you know, it had been lots of evolution over time, but especially in the last 10 years, it's blowing up. But I think from what we've seen it kind of started at least in texas to be like more popular and well, they were definitely down grow. here before they were up in DFW. right yes so i mean what could you speak to that jeff in your opinion um you know? i mean maybe i would have a hard time speaking for the u.s because there's so many cool beer scenes that uh-huh. operate without us knowing that that's you true. know all the yeah. cool stuff that's Very going true. on and then you you travel to some place that you thought you knew and all of a sudden you're just like amazed at right. how mm-hmm. how cool their their um uh beer industry is so uh, i can definitely speak for texas um because you know i've been a part of that for the last 12 years and yeah i mean sours at least when i started getting into it um say like in 2006 uh the big beer styles were like um uh barley wines Mm -hmm. and Imperial stouts and and that kind of kooky stuff. And I would say once Jester King opened here in Austin, yeah, that really started shifting the the paradigm of of you know what a brewery could do because they specialize. You know, they're not sour beers. Uh, they they never claim to be. They're, they're farmhouse beers. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and some of them have you know acidity in them. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, we really like them for that. But we were definitely not trying to do that right. we were we were being a different kind of sour so that kind of sour 
Um, no, hardly, hardly saw uh, 10 years ago, barely saw, you know, six years ago. That's when Berliner Weisses and Goza's, Goza's just kind of became the hot thing and you mm -hmm. put different fruits in them and now, now it's a new beer. Yeah. Um, but still people were not like experimenting with sour IPAs, sour stouts, sour mm -hmm. Czech style lagers, you know, the, these kinds of, of more interesting styles mm -hmm. that you wouldn't normally see as sour. Yeah. And I have, I'm sorry to interject here, Janie, um, where I work, you know, I am consistently asked for sours. I'm looking for sour beers. Where are they at? You know, yeah. like I don't have a section per se, but I'll say right here, this is Blue Owl. They're in Austin and I'll show them, you know, the five or six things that we have. And they're mm -hmm. just like, oh my gosh, a sour milkshake IPA. Oh my gosh, a sour Reddit. Like they get so excited, uh. you know, and a lot of times it'll also be at the bar. Yeah. And so I'm like, do you want to try it? Oh yeah, I want to try it. And they'll buy like two six packs instead of one. Like it's just exploding. It seems like mm -hmm. at least from where I see versus coming from DFW, you know, but um, I really like what you guys have here. The, the niche you have uh, forged, forged, you know, well, I would say the last brewery I worked in, there was quite a few, especially women, not to just peg it as women, but they would come in and say, I don't like beer. What do you have? And if I give them a taste of a sour, they're just like, oh, that's not what I thought beer tasted like. And right. then mm -hmm. that's what they go with. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's certainly that <laughs> aspect. And we saw it too. Um, I think it's, yeah, fair to say there's a lot of people, female and, and male that, mm -hmm. you know, kind of weren't into beers or IPAs or mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And we really, over the first few years, um, had had to really educate folks coming in as well. We were learning as we were educating. We're not mm -hmm. like, you know, open up where the masters and, <laughs> and trying to teach one everybody. lesson ahead of the class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we, um, people would come in and just kind of know, not know what to expect. Mm -hmm. And if they thought they knew what to expect, oftentimes, uh, they might be disappointed because their expectations were set somewhere that were not. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, you know, after they kind of get to know us and, and see what we are doing, they start getting it mm -hmm. um, and, and appreciate it for what it is. And then also just the people um, that have no expectations, I think are, are often uh, easier to, to get into it because yeah, because they're not expecting it to be certain ways. And then they're, yeah. they're pleased, uh, especially with the breadth of different styles we have. Mm -hmm. Just because you like sours doesn't mean you have to like a sour IPA. Right. You could like really only, you know, dark roasty sours or uh, really fruity sours. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, even in the subsection of sours, there's subsections of things you might yeah. like. It's yeah. quite diverse, the sour palate, I don't the sour feel. I yeah. normally truly like lagers, but I like sour lagers. Yeah. And I, I definitely like this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen her. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you get started? How long was the process and what did it look like and why this area? And it's a lot of a question. Um, <laughs> All in one. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> I was uh, going to school in Alabama. Um, I was uh, trying to become an electrical engineer. Mm -hmm. I just finished a, a degree in math and then became a chemist. Uh, so kind of all over the place. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I, I eventually, um, when I was working as a chemist, eventually saw that brewing could be an avenue because I saw this, uh, the American Brewers Guild is like a kind of a six month diploma based mm. school. You know, it wasn't 
uh, it wasn't like a four-year degree or anything like that. I think there was only one in the U.S. at that point. But it was something that, you know, you could pay fair amount of money and, and go through this course and really set yourself up, get yourself mm -hmm. in the industry. Nice. Okay. Uh, and it was really cool. You know, I went through brewing school um, uh, with one of the guys from Beer Advocate, you know, one of the guys oh, that, cool. that started oh, cool. Beer Advocate um, and, and other people that went on to open other big breweries. Uh, and um, and I, I did an apprenticeship at Founders uh, while I was getting ready to open up Black Star. Uh, so, mm -hmm. I came to Austin for the second time after I was still in school in Alabama, came back to Austin uh, to explicitly start a brewery. Mm -hmm. And within a week of being back, one of my brew buddies from the guild said, hey, there's this group of people that want to start a, a co-op pub. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. cool. Let's let's go check yeah, that out. Right. So we went to this first meeting of, of Black Star Co-op and it was in just kind of a field and we all had lawn chairs in a circle and <laughs> uh, went around, introduced ourselves and said, I'm Jeff and and uh, I would like to make this a brew pub instead of just a, nice. a pub. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then uh, four years later, we we opened Black Star. Nice. Oh, cool. That's cool. So I did want to ask because I'm looking at the questions, Jenny. I don't think we asked. So you spoke about, you know, getting wanting to be an electrical engineer, getting your degree in math and become a chemist. Where did you start your interest in beer? I don't think we ask it all in here. Like what got you into beer in general and then brewing in general? Um, at that time, I had already, I was already working as a chemist, mm -hmm. already finished with the math degree and was halfway through the engineering degree. And that's, that's the first time I came to Austin in 2003. Mm -hmm. uh, I went to UT. Okay. I uh, was going to, yeah, I was going to UT to finish my engineering degree, but mm -hmm. because I was out of state, I had to wait a year to get in state tuition because yeah, oh I couldn't afford to yeah, actually uh -huh. go here. Right. <laughs> uh, so I got in and, uh, I, I started on Monday and I dropped out on Friday because I was just like, <laughs> hell no, this is this is not for me right. anymore. I was mm -hmm. having too much fun in Austin. <laughs> I had seen too much of, of just kind of what life could be, some some fun uh -huh. uh, uh, industry kind of kind of things with beer. And I homebrewed like once or twice, but I was never really into the act of homebrewing. I was mm -hmm. more of just like as soon as I did that, I was like, okay, I need to buy a brewery now. <laughs> I would I would <laughs> much rather right. do this with like legit equipment right. and yeah, an right. actual business so mm -hmm. almost from the first batch uh uh it was it was in the plan to become wow. a brewer okay That's yeah awesome I didn't know. okay so this one's um you asked that one's my turn yeah okay so uh kind of piggybacks off our last yeah piggybacks because um you said you were kind of here in austin and loving it um as far as uh, cho choosing this as a location uh was this the only choice um for like the brewery um or were there other ones that like almost other locations that almost became it's a fun well. neighborhood yeah it's a fun neighborhood for know. sure <laughs> um, but, um we yeah always... you know eight eight years ago it definitely was different here yeah i'll bet 10 years ago is pretty different yeah. here when i first got here you know almost 20 years ago i i didn't even really come to the east side and then uh you know so east side is just a whole other a whole mm -hmm. other thing that i'm not really the person to to talk about the history of the east side right <laughs> um but uh with black star in the late days or no early days of black star mm -hmm. we always wanted to be on the east side because the east side started becoming kind of the underground cool area mm -hmm. where right. you could get these little dive bars and cool little artist retreat places uh but we ended up not being on the east side 
so when Blackstar started talking about expansion, I started mm -hmm. looking around on the, on the east side for locations. And that's about the same time I was also interested in opening up my own place. So yeah. I started mm -hmm. seeing these other places and I was just like, eh, maybe I need to <laughs> need to take this for Black or for Blue Owl. Um, so <laughs> we, we liked it over here. Um, affordability, uh, just... It, it's hard to find the right place for a brewery. Oh, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's hard to find the right place for, for anything. But when you have all the different features that a brewery has to have, uh, finding a good home is, is hard. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine. So It's yeah. hard to find a good home in Austin at all for yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, like being three hours away, and I didn't, we didn't see where we live until yeah. we got down here. So. And then we moved down here and everybody was like, well, what part of Austin do you live in? And I was like, Austin, Austin? I don't know. <laughs> By the airport, I don't know. Sheesh. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. It's funny, all the neighborhoods. Um, maybe since we keep mentioning it, we should go to question 13. Uh, yes. Yeah. We're going to jump ahead because we have, um, I can ask it if you want. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and you've already spoke about this, so bear with us for repeating it here, Jeff. We saw that, you know, that we are on the beer diarist or you were rather, we talked about it. You had mentioned, um, that, uh, um, the black star co-op, um, you pretty much talked about it as much. Um, so was that like a natural transition from, uh, your days there to here? Like, I mean, I mean, like how did that happen from, they're still open. We saw. They're still open. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, how did that happen from from Black Star Co-op to now? You know, okay, this is what Susie and I are going to do here at Blue Owl. Like, how did that transition happen? It was a fairly effortless transition because mm -hmm. at Black Star, you know, the way we had it set up was I was running the brewery and yeah. and partly running the business. Mm -hmm. So I was in all aspects of 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 the things that I will eventually do at Blue Owl. Nice. Okay. Um, but you know, at Blue Owl, um, I have more of an equity stake than, okay. than I would at Blackstar because mm -hmm. of their particular um, business structure. So, you know, Susie and I now like own uh, this this business. So you have the higher risks mm -hmm. when, it, when it comes to that, uh, where Blackstar was very low risk for me as as an employee essentially right. there mm -hmm. because um you know i invested and and spent tons of time you know sweat equity is really what what i put into it right because mm -hmm. i was just a kind of a poor kid and you know uh, didn't really uh, trying to figure out how to get into the industry but i don't necessarily like working for other people yeah um, no i can see that we got a we got a daughter it's uh, very <laughs> like it's yeah. She's like gonna that. own her own business and corporation someday. I know it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> Some people don't even know that you know they're the type of person that just right. you know needs to not work for yeah. somebody. Yeah, that yeah. Needs to be their own boss, and um, so you know coming to to opening up Blue Owl was just everything I'd done at Black Star. Just again, um, sometimes bigger and sometimes mm -hmm. actually smaller. Yeah, mm -hmm. but just like on you now, you know, it's just like yeah. literally, like it's just on. on yeah, that's great. Um, so we see that you also yes. have a few non-sours. How does this work without contaminating the non-sour beers from the sours? I know a lot of people are afraid of that, but it sounded like you kettle sour. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we could we could get into pretty deep of kind of the different techniques and the different names for them and mm -hmm. kind of some of the confusion therein. But um, you know, it is it is fair to say that like wort sour beers. Uh, sometimes called sour mash, sometimes mm. called kettle sours. Um, I think there's a distinction between the two, but we don't need to get into that. Uh, <laughs> uh, anything that's like pre-fermentation, pre-boil, essentially is a clean beer 
after it's boiled and sent to the cellar. Okay. So fermentation, packaging, all that is clean. And we have the same, when I say clean, I mean like microbial free, yeah. right? like mm -hmm. dirty kind of thing, but <laughs> yeah, just free gotcha. of microbes. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, we have to be under the same standards as every other packaging brewery and make sure our cans don't explode and mm -hmm. they don't, well, I was going to say they don't get sour, but they, they do get sour. <laughs> uh, but that is actually one of the nice benefits of, of souring all of our beers is they're more stable mm -hmm. if they're already a little sour. Yes. Um, you just kind of right. did a controlled sour that was <laughs> yeah. much more clean and, and intentional. Nice. Um, that said, the few times we do a post-fermentation barrel-aged sour like Old Wee Beastie, mm -hmm. um, yeah, those are quote-unquote dirty uh, those yeah. have a lot of uh, living bacteria and and uh, wild yeast in there. Mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's what you married, babe. <laughs> right there. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, oh, Beastie's pretty crazy. So we we do all the barrel aging kind of stuff too. Mm -hmm. uh, we intentionally keep it very small, um, as to not confuse kind of our what we're trying to do with mm -hmm. the clean sour. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you know that was another thing early on. We had to distinguish. We we. I think for the first couple of years really didn't do any uh, wild beers like that or, or mm -hmm. super small just because we were trying to get the message across that we're not Jester King, uh, right. you know, that, that we are this different thing now that you have to kind of, kind of walk through and understand what we're, what we're trying to do. But in a simplified, I say all this and, and, you know, we have all these expectations, but you can't really put these expectations on uh, your patrons, on the people coming in and drinking beer, yeah, right. because Absolutely. they just want to come in and get a beer. They right. don't necessarily <laughs> need to overthink this stuff. Yep. Uh, so that is, you know, where a lot of our branding, mm -hmm. um, uh, colors, the can, the whole aspect of being in cans versus bottles, all this stuff it was meant to make it seem more approachable mm -hmm. so the first thing that we want to be is like welcoming yeah. uh, and approachable so yeah. we don't have to get in too deep about you know is this clean or not clean is this barrel aged like just just enjoy the beer right yeah. and then we can get into all that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah, if you want to yeah i like that so i have a couple of minutes but i do want to ask about as far as souring you said there was different methods for souring um do you at all do you use the uh, the sour the souring BCA? yeast sour BCA, or is it i all? haven't yet haven't um, yet? Okay. I, i've uh, i know folks have dabbled with it and i've mm -hmm. kind of poked my head in there um it's cool but it's it's kind of a different beast entirely mm -hmm. um and has different considerations but it's just another tool in the toolbox yeah. for yeah. trying to achieve some ultimate goal of yeah. acidity in your beer i was just curious you know with having you we know, have a brewery that's very passionate about it yeah um uh, worried about contamination and whatnot so you know they they use that they don't they don't settle kettle sour at all they only use that yeast uh up in dallas so i was just curious about yeah. it especially you know being well, you know, the sour yeah. brewery. So, but do you want to ask the next one? And we'll take a uh, break. Yes, real quick. So, uh, Tiger's Blood released last week. Super excited about it. We are almost done with our six pack at home. Uh, we've heard it's a big deal. Uh, how did this come about? And is this beer as fun to make as it is promote and sell it? Like I see over there that it's the greatest sour on earth. <laughs> so, um, uh, what is the celebration day like? I saw it was, it was huge. Uh, so, I mean, we really. 
made it for the first time last year, I think. Uh, oh, wow. No, I take wow. that back. We okay. two years ago okay. we did a, a, a small collaboration. <laughs> uh-huh. I didn't be before that. I can't remember COVID. pandemic times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We did some collaboration with yeah. um Easy Tiger. Oh, okay. Where okay. we made this, I think it was just like a couple one or two barrels, uh-huh. um, a small batch where we chopped up a bunch of of um uh watermelons and strawberries and shaved oh, coconuts dang. and you know okay. did this like really small scale thing that took forever <laughs> and it came out and it was pretty good and it was kind of weird but pretty good <laughs> in general uh, yeah. but liked well enough that we that the next year i was like well let's do this in earnest on our big yeah, scale and right. do it like we do the other beers mm-hmm. and uh we just did it and it came out great and then you know, we liked it, but we didn't really think people were going to take to it the way they did. Yeah. You know, we expected people to like his fruit sour yeah. beer, mm-hmm. um, but it just kind of, just kind of ran. And, and I think even up till the past few months, we didn't really know how popular oh, it wow. was because okay. people started telling us and that from the industry mm-hmm. that they have people asking all the time, when they're going to get tiger's blood yeah. at like witchcraft or something yeah. like that you know what when's tiger's blood coming out so we started getting that here when's tiger blood coming out when's tiger's blood mm-hmm. coming out and we're like whoa whoa we're gonna make it in the you know in the summertime yeah um so <laughs> we kind of prepared to to for it to be popular and just made it exactly the same we were just like nice. whatever we did last year let's do it again do it again year. yeah nice so that's it oh, it's man. a beautiful can yeah too. beautiful can gorgeous design and uh yeah i love it so yeah. Congratulations on that, the success of that beer. That's awesome. Looking right. forward to it again. But we'll take a break. I actually don't have to use the restroom. This is just a time thing. So we'll be back more with Jeff from Blue. Oh, guys, cheers. Yes, cheers. Welcome back, guys. So be unique, drink unique. We love this. What does this mean to you? Yeah, super cool. Love that. <laughs> um you know, you go through these exercises when you're when you're trying to figure out who you are as a business and, and yeah. you know, what sums you up and, mm-hmm. and better yet, how do you communicate that? Um, but kind of going back to one of the earlier things that I said in that if somebody's not doing something, I want to do it mm-hmm. extra bad. Yeah. Right. Um, and this this idea of, of being unique and what that means to you uh is a relative thing. Uh, let me give you a couple examples because, you know, for a long time, craft beer itself was very counterculture. You know, yeah. you were, you were people that weren't drinking the, the Budweiser's, but you're going to these small breweries and, and shacks and drinking these really bitter, you know, intense, crazy things. And, and, you know, that was, that was kind of, you, you embraced, that culture partly because of that and you'd like to these beers a little more partly yeah. because you're you're you feel it you know? right yeah mm-hmm. um well then what do you do when craft beer itself becomes almost ubiquitous and yeah. everybody is into it in in their own way well for me it, it kind of drives me crazy because i still want to be different yeah um so i was like well how can we be different well let's let's take something one specific thing uh, essentially like a, a, a niche of a niche and focus on that. I so like that. Yeah, it's cool. always our yeah. idea to, to try to do something a little different. It's just because who we are, we're not, we're not doing it for business purposes. 
we are that and and we do this as a business um and the way we kind of carry that through and the way we try to market and communicate to other people is we want to be a place where people come and create experiment play games Mm -hmm. you know this isn't a place necessarily just to come and and drink a beer it's a place to come and and do some cool shit you know build a ukulele yeah yeah yeah, you know come to our our uh our our tiger's blood release where Mm -hmm. we have a bunch of carnival games and and things like that like we want people to be creative austin is is super creative absolutely and i always see that when i go to other places Mm -hmm. and and they're providing you with the opportunity to do something kind of cool and unique and and they embrace that and I embrace that. And I like, we like finding people that are in the same vein. Yeah. I would say the neighborhood's unique. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, we were just like, Oh, look at that. That's cool. And you That's re- cool. That's super cool. cool plans. Yeah. Lots of cool <laughs> plants. Yeah. Well, I even see outside in the patio here, all the, 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 the foliage growing. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's very welcoming and inviting. I love that. Um, okay. So <clears throat> it's very fitting that you're drinking the seltzer here. So <laughs> When we did these questions, that was, I think, last week. So two weeks ago now, on June 14th, the Seltzers for Shelters was announced in partnership with Mobile Loaves and Fishes, or MLF. Um, what led y'all to this collaboration, and can you tell us about the cause? And then I'm going to add on top of that. Um, how was the reception? How has it been for the Seltzers? And then there was a new one that came out just this past Saturday, right? So yeah. can you answer all those 18 questions uh, for me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me try to sum that up. Um, the seltzers, so independently, you know, from the from the cause that you were just talking about, we'll mm-hmm. get to that in a, a second. But independently, we were at a time where craft beer started um, getting into the seltzer game yeah. and kind mm-hmm. of like a roll your eye, okay, <laughs> we got to do this kind of kind of thing. Um, and I remember at the time I was I was at a craft brewers conference or JBF or something. And I got a phone call from one of my buddies who used to be my head brewer, uh, David Pasternak, who, who now owns Rough House Brewing, oh, okay. um, if you're familiar with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah. He, he called me up and, and he was distraught. He was, he was just like, <laughs> he, he had just went to a brewery where they had <laughs> seltzers on tap. And he was like, what are we doing anymore? <laughs> no. And he was really upset about this. And, and I was like, yeah, man, I, I don't know. And, and, you know, at the time I, I really didn't know, I was still kind of struggling with it myself because uh, it was so early, but yeah. um, it, basically ever since then I have that, I have that phone call in the back of my mind. Every time I make a seltzer, <laughs> so I have Davey funny. say, what are we even doing? Um, so every time we make a seller seltzer, I also send him a six pack just so he knows That's what I'm doing. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the seltzers kind of came about in a, a funny way is that yeah and I rolly kind of way like okay we're gonna make a seltzer how hard can it be we make beer seltzers mm-hmm. are, are pretty simplistic comparatively well we screwed up the first two batches and I had to dump our first two batches oh wow and we couldn't we were getting something wrong each time and it was way more challenging than we thought it was gonna be mm-hmm. not that it was more challenging than beer but it had different challenges mm-hmm. than what we were used to right mm-hmm. so the fact that we all of a sudden had to slam on the brakes and say oh shit how do we do this for real yeah how do we do this well if we're gonna do it let's not make the ones that we're tasting that that are really weird mm-hmm. taste like glue or, or farts or something <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. let's let's do it right uh-huh. so that 
took like another year worth of trial oh, and, wow. and tribulation Dang. and and experiments so many experiments we probably have done more research on seltzers than beer uh just because it was so out of our wheelhouse but you. it was yeah. that kind of thing that really drives me to to try to understand it to try to yeah. you know i don't like not being good at something mm -hmm. so um you know so from that we've we've gone we can kind of talk about some of the seltzers in particular, but right around that same time was when the camping ban in Austin I remember that. Uh, mm -hmm. was kind of being a, a thing where mm -hmm. they were, they were uh, voting on, on should, uh, uh, should people experiencing homelessness be able to camp in certain places, you know, like public right. places. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And it was such a, it's such a, a sad lose lose argument because right. whether they do or whether they don't uh -huh. they're still having a hard time and and here on the east side we we we're very kind of in the middle of it yes. you know i oh, yeah. drive through issue. a lot of a, a yeah. lot of these areas on my way in and i was just like regardless of how this goes we need to actually do something right. about mm -hmm. it so we were trying to figure out you know who in austin is doing something uh in in that in a in the sense of like providing housing and, yeah. and trying to get people off the streets, not mm -hmm. arguing about whether, where they should be camping, but what to do uh, with them to, to get them out of the cycle. And, and that's where the collaboration uh, came around uh, with mobile loaves and, and mm -hmm. um, the villages out there. And it was just really cool. And we were releasing the seltzers for the first time at the same time. And, and I came up with the hashtag, what was it? Seltzers for shelters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in my mad men time. Uh, but, uh, it, it just worked and, and, uh, they're doing some really cool stuff out there. We're, we're just surprised every time we see it. Yeah. Uh, so, and then, you know, quickly, uh, once we started getting into the seltzers, making a, a clean seltzers, one thing, but then, you know, what, what, what do you do with it to differentiate yourself? Mm -hmm. We can't compete with, 899 mixed six packs of Trulies right, or, right. or oh, probably gross. even cheaper than that. Um, yeah, Trulies is uh, bad. <laughs> Trulies, I call them truly trash. Truly trash. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then you have the, the Topo Chico that got into the game and uh. I think they're killing it. Um, I think they, they're doing a really good job and, and it's more about, it's, it's not about what it is and, and comparing it to beer um, uh, or what it is compared to beer. It's more about just, what it is is a beverage and mm -hmm. when do right. you want it do you want it at all and and right. you know sometimes it's kind of nice to have this really light mm -hmm. you know no sugar easy drinking kind of thing when it's 110 cent around a pool right yeah. so mm -hmm. if we can make something like that and we can make it interesting and we can make it well then i want to i want to do that yeah there's so many that are so bad so it's nice that but it would make them not taste horrible i honestly horrible. don't really try them unless it's like from like a craft brewery. Yeah. We know. liked Rio Fresco from Armadillo. Rio Fresco, now closed. Illworks, Closing. also now closed. Uh, yes. I've liked Blur from Tups. Um, mm. And it, it, okay, here or there. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I make it a point to, you know, if uh, where I'm at, slinging beer, uh, make it a point to like, this is Austin, this is Austin, you know, when, when people ask me because they yes. don't really yeah. have a. But what a you said resonates thing. too because we were driving down the street and my daughter was like, why can't they just figure out the homeless problem and somebody do something about it here? Yeah. It's like that. Well, somebody might have to be you, I told her. Yeah. <laughs> I this, said, is it the same daughter that's going to not work for anybody? No. Okay. The other the other okay. <laughs> but to quote, you know, um, uh, gosh, what is it? 
Shawshank Redemption, like, you know, with the seltzers, you got to get busy living or get busy dying. Like, I think you just kind of have to do a seltzer, you know, it's just kind of like another standard in the industry, it seems like, you know, but. Um, well, it's a good option. There's so many people now that have to be gluten free, you yeah. know, for and health reasons. I love as you told us off mic here, you know, your seltzer, it's gluten free, it's vegan, like it checks off a lot of boxes that people need. Mm-hmm. These days. You know, yeah. I get asked, you know, where's the gluten free beer? So it's like, well, you know, there's some seltzers that are also gluten free, ciders right. are gluten free, you know, there's hard kombucha, hard kombucha. Yeah. So it's uh it definitely i think serves a purpose and especially when done well and right like i yeah. can definitely get behind it absolutely yeah. and and there's you know there can be a craft side absolutely. to seltzers and absolutely. that's you know we yeah. put that on the back of the can because yeah. it's like craft seltzers for that's for unique thing. people i don't know if we're asking it later i love the can it's like a 70s retro oh, throwback yeah, yeah, yeah. like i was like that you can said is it. I sexy think you asked it. i was like i love that can <laughs> like i would get it just because of the can yeah. it's super right. cool yeah, we do a lot of, we're almost always in some 70s or 60s kind of scheme of things. <laughs> I love it. Whenever yeah. we're, we're looking at mood boards for different designs, yeah. we're just looking up. That's nice. That's 70s. my wheelhouse because, you, know, yeah. you know, my family, where I was born and, yeah, it's like I watch reruns of 70 shows and, yeah. and all, yeah, so <laughs> I love it. It's just like looking at me like, I married you. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to ask this one. Uh, so one of Janie's favorites of you guys is uh, Cool in the Gang. Can you please tell us about this beer story? Like, because uh, it's a collaboration or no, it's the one with the tea in it, right? It's tea, yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't think I was a super fan of it, but she loved it. Not not that it wasn't good. It's just like I'm, I was still on my like souring journey, I think, sure. when we tried it. So can you <laughs> tell us saying, about yeah. this one? Yeah, um, like yeah, that, one, that one's kind of a fun, simple story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were doing a collaboration for the first annual East Side Cool Party. Yeah. Um, there used to be a corner store over on... Um, is it six and Kamal or six and Chacon, uh, where Lazarus is now. Okay. Uh, okay. That was yeah, called yeah. the cool store. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, but you know, now it's, now it's a brewery. <laughs> uh, but, oh man, I kind of forget where, how it all, how the party came around, but I think we just wanted to do some, some East side party because there were enough East side breweries mm-hmm. at that point okay. to be yeah. able to kind of bounce around, and see three or four different breweries oh, well, on a cool bike or that. scooter or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea was just try to get people to the east side and, and check us all out. Uh, so we were doing collaborations and um, we picked uh, Lazarus uh, and uh, I went over there to meet their head brewer and I didn't really know the guy. His name's Matt Couch and uh, he, he's one of the, not only like one of the best brewers and he's well known throughout the nation mm-hmm. used to brew for victory and, oh, wow. and just this like super smart guy, but he's also the sweetest guy ever. Like he's become a friend, you know, Aww. ever since then. So okay. we immediately became friends as we were sitting down and, and we were talking about, you know, what kind of collaboration we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just bringing what, what I can bring to the table, which is, you know, trying to integrate acidity in, in a way that we know how, mm-hmm depending on on the beer style mm-hmm. and i think he mentioned he had a really refreshing english mild that had earl gray tea oh, and i was like wow okay can i can i just take that and sour it <laughs> so really you know most of the credit has to go to him for yeah. for that first base recipe recipe um but you know it has 10 was it 20 pounds of tea per barrel no 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 sorry not that much (laughs) two per barrel okay okay uh 60 per 30 barrels so that's so we use 60 pounds of loose leaf earl gray tea it's still a lot it makes a huge mess 
Um, but you know, but it became worth it. So that was another one where we started out with that small batch and people mm-hmm. kind of had it and there, people started kind of asking about it, yeah. asking for it again. Yeah. And yeah, the yeah, next yeah. year we made a little more and then the next year, a little more. Nice. And then eventually it became a seasonal and then it became a, uh, a year round. Love it. Um, so cool. yeah, just a really cool recipe to begin with. And, and the lemon lime or not the lemon, but kind of the lemonade and iced tea mm-hmm. effect mm-hmm. is just something that people understand. Yeah. And if we can do that with our acidity, so th- that's something we, we often do is what, how can we apply our acidity to something people understand? And one of the easiest ways are, is also often fruit. Mm-hmm. People understand fruit have acidity right. in yes, it absolutely. most of the time, mm-hmm. especially like citric food. So whenever we can combine acidity with some of those characteristics like lime and lime tastico, people get it. Mm-hmm. So um, in contrast to when we, use it as as kind of a contrasting flavor yeah anyway, well, to go. That, that cake blew the other day at work I was, everyone was so sad especially i know me. it's so good it's so good i know it's very very drinkable <laughs> and the can too it's like beautiful green can with the blue owl it's, it's awesome. my favorite can that yeah, one I love out that of all can. of them i, I super think love it's just it. beautiful well it's similar to my next question what are your favorite blue owl beers or seltzers currently and why oh yes it is a good question. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be like two. It'd be like top five, top three type thing. Sure. You know? um, yeah, like Testico, uh, I, I want to put up there. But yeah. I, I, the one at the top, and this was one that Very nice. I even wanted to not like, really? is Tiki Hop Totem. Oh, oh we love that one. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Tiki Hop Totem, uh, they're... We started hearing buzzwords about milkshake IPAs, uh-huh. and um, I was like, "Okay, you know, roll your eyes, <laughs> kind of thing." Yeah. And as as it kind of built, um, you know, we kind of kept our eyes on it, but mm-hmm. none of us had ever had a milkshake IPA. We didn't really understand why it was being done or, or yeah. what was mm-hmm. the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. So we went on a, a a little route to pick up as many as we could find, and we found a few, and and we were just kind of like, I don't what are they really trying to yeah. do here? Where, where is horrible. this going? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it, we no found names. some decent no ones names. too for yeah. how it, how it, you know, could come together. Yeah. yeah. But then the concept, I started thinking of this concept of, of um, two different hops that we use a lot. Uh, Citra, which mm-hmm. has to me a very pineapple-y character mm-hmm. and one of a kind of a newer hop, Sabro, mm-hmm. uh, that has a very coconut character. So when I heard there was coconut character in this hop, I was like, pineapple and coconut. Boom. Pina colada. Mm. Yeah, right. So Mm -hmm. with the pineapple, on the pineapple side, we have citra hops, we have acidity, and we have pineapple. Mm -hmm. And then on the coconut side, we have the sabro hops, coconut, and uh, the lactose, you know, the milkshake Mm -hmm. part. Mm -hmm. So to me, it it was these two perfectly like balanced things. I'm like, maybe this could work as one. So we, we made a batch of it. I'm not even sure we did a test batch. We just made a batch. Um, and I was on the packaging line that day. And when the first one came off and I, I opened it, I was like, damn, I really like this. <laughs> and so I cool, just think yeah. it's so, it's such a cool combination of flavors mm-hmm. in a way that I've never really, you know, thought a beer would could taste like mm-hmm. while still being respectable you know it's an ipa we put we, we hop it like an ipa but it still drinks like this smooth like pina colada milkshake kind of thing yeah. it's, it's just such a such a cool thing without being overly sweet yeah without being my, overly yeah. sweet yeah which is something my we, issue. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we have some that, that definitely get into the overly sweet, um, you know, going in that direction of like thicker smoothie milkshake sour mm -hmm. kind of beers. Like those are becoming or kind of already become a thing. Um, but we often try to balance that out with more acidity. Like so the more that. acidity you can get in there, the more the sweetness kind of balances out. Yeah, I can see that. That's how our palates are different because you like the sweet. I do. Yeah. 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 Like your coffee creamer. <laughs> wow. You know, that's, that's off my that's, that's too personal here. Below the I belt, took a young sip lady. of his coffee the other day because he mixed up the mugs and he gave it to me and I like spit it back in there. And <laughs> I, I was like, the mug, this straight is up. yours. And I was like, uh, and he was like, did you just spit in there? Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, before this was, I, I drank it all. Yeah, cooties. They're, they're mine. Yeah. Okay. So we asked earlier about the can design, but I, I did want to ask this still. Uh, who does the can designs? They're beautiful. The seltzers are minus of a 70 throwback like we said uh can you elaborate on this is it like a group effort do you have a marketing person like truly like the cans the, the labels the design itself like very unique as i'm sure you're going for but um who's responsible is a group effort one person can you tell us about that um group with the focus on on one person mm -hmm. uh, so the person who started us out was a friend of mine mm -hmm. when we were um you know just planning for Blue Owl. I had a, a friend who was a really talented artist that did a lot of screen printing. And the concept that I had was, you know, with screen printing, you're using simple solid colors and, and kind of layering them on to add, to make complexity and mm -hmm. design. And I was like, that's, that's kind of what we're doing with our beers, trying to lay these different you know, uh, unique flavors together and, and you're not blending them in necessarily. You're laying them on top of each other and they still have very distinct lines. Mm -hmm. So to me, that was like clean. So yeah. as opposed to like really um, organic art, you know, with a, a lot of uh, texture and, and, and line work and shading to me, that kind of represents more of the barrel age, sour, you know, nice, I don't know, fancy schmancy kind of thing where the screen prints just seemed a little cleaner um, and, and more focused. Yeah. I got you. Uh, yeah. So we used her, um, she designed the logo mm -hmm. um, and the first handful of cans. Uh, and then she became famous and, and went on to do other things. <laughs> uh, but we uh, have somebody who was already working with us, another artist, Elsie uh, Greer, who stepped right in. Oh, nice. And she had her own style. So it's kind of been, you know, over the years, just trying to understand each other. She had a very different style of, of art um, and trying to use her strengths as well as keeping it fairly within, you know, our, our, um, our, our design scheme. Mm -hmm. uh, she's definitely kind of had a, a huge um uh, effect on on just the overall designs of things so for the last maybe four years i think it's it's been lc nice. and whenever it's you know it's a, it's a fairly collaborative event initially um susie and i and lc uh and sometimes a few other trusted people will get together and just talk about what we're trying to say okay and and work out some concepts mm -hmm. of of colors you know so yeah. we start very simple mm -hmm. um what is a color palette what is the color of this beer what are we trying to um convey with it and once we have a, a palette for it 
we'll start talking about, you know, what kind of patterns might, might describe it, yeah. what kind of, um, you know, imagery is going to best describe it. So we still try to keep it, everything fairly simple and fairly kind of almost screen printy, um, like solid lines kind of thing. Uh, and, and that's, you know, I, I would say as we do more and more beers, as to not repeat ourselves, we have to get a little more out there and a little more out there. Mm -hmm. um, the Tiger's Blood can is a, is a good example of when we totally bucked the the kind of overall design that we yeah. do. And we didn't have a clear like pattern at the bottom, but mm -hmm. it became its own thing. That's so pretty. Yeah, I, I like that when it's excited. organic. Yeah, you know? I think I had ordered like 15 cases of it. And when I saw it, I was like, oh. <gasps> whoa yeah, <laughs> yeah i was like i did not know what it was gonna look like it was awesome yeah I, it, that's that was totally elsie um she made that work uh because usually you know we'll, we'll have that conversation she'll go work up some stuff she comes back and we kind of talk through it about mm -hmm. you know what what we think more of the vision is or or what's working what's not working but that was one where sometimes we just don't have a vision and we're just like please just come up with something <laughs> yeah, right yeah uh, but then just two more words about the uh lime tastico uh that one was a collaboration with some of my friends from monterey mexico oh. Oh, uh, okay. that are our uh, graphic designers and architects mm -hmm. and uh we had you know them kind of come up because we knew we, we were kind of getting into a, a mexican theme it's a mexican lager yeah. on the east side we we knew we kind of had to tread a little lightly here and and make it authentic oh yeah you know yeah. for what it is without being pandering or, or right. appropriating or anything yes. so yeah uh -huh. um just came up with actually i think i came up with the uh the design on the bottom because i saw a bathroom tile uh, that had uh, this on there nice. and i was just I, I mocked it up and and sent it to my buddy and he he uh turned it into a can how awesome and i love to like you know the proper grammar with the exclamation you know upside yeah. down at the beginning at the end you know i, I yeah. love that so like it's just yelling the name. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Go. <laughs> so, do you have enough time? You've got like uh, I'd say about yeah. five minutes. I was gonna do it. Okay, go ahead. Blue has an impressive resume of collaborations. Can you all tell us about some of your favorites and any upcoming? I know we touched on a couple. Yeah, um, I think yeah. Actually, one of the upcoming ones is uh, with Holdout Brewing. We're actually oh, supposed cool. to go there right after this. Oh, dang. Um, we've done another collaboration with them last year around this time because uh, we do the uh, the Texas Craft Brewers Festival mm -hmm. has a, yeah. a beer um, for the VIPs every year. Oh. Uh, I say that. They, they started doing that last year. Um, <laughs> so they, that, they did it last year and they're doing it again this Keep year it now it's annual <laughs> yeah uh, so we're the concessionaire so technically we have to brew it okay um but you know to share the love uh and, and <laughs> talent is is you know getting the the talented people over at hold out to mm -hmm. help design something i, I have a feeling it. this year is going to be something nice and clean and loggery because mm -hmm. um, cool. that's do? that's what they do to your anniversary on Saturday. For yes, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. They're great. Um, I like working with them. Mm -hmm. uh, the The fact that I met Matt Couch, my good buddy, you know, during that collaboration <laughs> nice. was was a big thing because we've uh, I've, I've we've had many great conversations over uh -huh. the years about the industry and and the science. Um, and then you know, for example, when I was talking about the friends from Monterey, mm -hmm. you know, these collaborations are more than just collaborating with the beer, you know, collaborating mm -hmm. with 
creative people on the brand design right. um, on one of these cans can be just as rewarding if if not more sometimes oh, because you're you know mm -hmm. you're 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 getting this insight from outside the box and i i mm -hmm. love that um you know just because i i get so in my own you know path here that i can't see from the outside or i can't see outside of it and you get somebody in with just a different perspective and it just kind of blows you away at, at, at you know what you can come up with so i really That's like awesome. those kinds of collaborations it's really great to surround yourself with like talented um yeah. and uh, passion passionate people yeah. you know i know um janie and i met at starbucks years and years ago uh, well, not that many years ago because she's a spring chicken. Oh, stop. But uh, we did read, you know, Charles Schultz's book. And, and one thing he did uh, was surround himself with people that were smarter and more intelligent, mm -hmm. more creative than him. And you have to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to do that. Yeah. because You can't be everything. Yeah, you um, cannot. Nobody right. can. I, I mean, I think some sorry, people sorry. get have too much pride and, and mm -hmm. try to act like they have it all. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm bad at and mm -hmm. I'm going to find somebody who's good at what I'm bad at. Yeah. That's good. I need um, a lot of people to help with what I'm bad at, but yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely, you know, a huge thing to yeah. do that. It's impressive that, you know, you have that acumen and not everybody has that. So, right. yeah. but we should definitely take a break. Okay. We'll come back and then we, uh, more with, uh, Jeff from Blue yes. Dog guys. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, welcome back, guys. We moved from DFW this past April and have heard about Tex Malt from many of our DFW brewery friends. Oh, yeah. And I had that one. What was it? The bake sale? Beer? Yes. Liquid yes. bake sale? That was right, right. Tex Malt collab, right? Yeah. How did this relationship start and continue for the Smash Smash Sour Tex Oz IPA? The beer was released last month. Is it still around? Yeah, you already told us off mic, but we could tell our viewers <laughs> and our, our listeners. Uh, Not around. That was released couple of years ago oh was it oh yes. sorry that's me doing bad homework i'm sorry guys <laughs> i think that was yeah, yeah that was uh right in the pandemic or right before gotcha. so that was two or two years ago or so we saw a review with a brewer on youtube yes and really? it looks like the date was recent so maybe somebody posted it recently yeah. wait i don't think it was i think it was mika yes Maybe. It was like a female brewer. Micah? Micah. There, there you, you go. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, so it probably was old and someone just posted oh, it up. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, so it, you saw something her yes. talking about yeah, it. Yeah, it was okay. Oh, okay. And it was like the most recent video on YouTube. Uh, yeah, and we watched so, that. Yeah, because <laughs> we just we went kind of like, and we just kept finding all this cool stuff, but it was from years ago. Yeah. Um, You know, but it was it was also really interesting and helped us kind of form our questions and get like, you know, kind of the sense of what was going on here, which was just impressive. We were already like, cool we're already excited yeah. these guys sound really cool and then we just kept finding more and more stuff but i guess it was probably dated so nice. forgive me on that one sorry it is a it is a good example of you know a, a cool project that also ties in how we sour things mm -hmm. so um i had just gone to new zealand for my 40th birthday uh, -huh. uh and loved it out there mm -hmm. loved everything about it yeah. um right. started building this relationship with uh the a maltster out there called gladfield mm -hmm. uh they're they were super nice i'd already been talking to them because if we go back a little bit and talk about you know kind of the sour mashing process we use wild cultures like this is a wild souring process okay. um it is it is not a um you know a laboratory pure pitch of bacteria or anything this is a wild culture from grain 
itself. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so where that grain comes from and uh, when it was harvested and how it was treated, all of that affects what happens to it when we try to use it for souring. Mm -hmm. um, so we have our own techniques of trying to control it. Well, what we found is during the summer months uh, here in Austin, uh, our, our malts tended to not be as sour, like they didn't sour as well during the summer for some reason. Wow, okay. uh, I had oh. a theory that it was because that malt was getting kind of old. Okay. Um, it was from the previous uh, fall. So then a way to negate that and get fresher malts is to use uh, Southern Hemisphere malts. Hmm. So malts from uh, New Zealand. Mm -hmm. Uh, so their summer, you know, is around Christmas and uh, their malts are fresher. Oh, so okay. I reached out to them in New Zealand and said, hey, we we do this thing with malt. Um, can we have some of your malt? And and they just like FedExed us or, or whatever it is, uh, wow. you know, all these samples. And we're like really friendly. And Holy in the smokes. New Zealand way, I'm just like, you yeah, guys are awesome. Cool. <laughs> and you're everything that I love yeah. about New Zealand. <laughs> Best friends. <laughs> uh, so then, you know, fast forward from there, I was like, let's do let's do a, a smash beer. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, let's sour mash it. Yeah. So that's where smash mash came from. Okay. Is this a sour mash? single malt and single hop. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought it was a really clever, clever little name there. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> uh, but then to do all New Zealand ingredients and even sour with New Zealand, like uh, microbiome from their, from their malt was, oh, wow. was really cool. Okay. So we were using just their single malt. Um, I think we did two different versions. Uh, one was uh Nelson Savin, which is super expensive, oh, yeah. but really cool. And yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, and we ordered, they don't distribute their malt here. So we had to order uh, a shipping container full of their grain okay. and they facilitated it. Uh, and, and, you know, I'd never had malt shipped directly to me over, <laughs> you know, a, a, a freighter. That's cool. Uh, so it was just such yeah, a right. cool collaboration that took, you know, a year to make happen. Mm -hmm. uh, the beers I thought were really cool, uh, but they're kind of, it's kind of a nerdy thing that if you have to describe all that, you've kind of already lost somebody who just kind of wants a beer. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say they weren't our most popular beers because it just kind of was a, um, uh, just a, a, at that point, a sour IPA. Mm -hmm. But when you hear the story about these kinds of collaborations. So then that was the New Zealand version. Uh, the year after that, we did the Australian and Texas version. Mm. So that's where the Texas came from, gotcha. was okay. mm -hmm. Texas yes. malt and Australian, Australian hops. Yeah. Not Austin. Yeah, I was, no, well, I, I was thinking, yeah, actually, I think. I, I know, that. that got a little confusing. We thought <laughs> yeah. we were being clever again and, you know. Well, Our it might have been larger listenership is Australia. That's true, yeah. We do have listeners in New Zealand, but. Like nice. Australia is considered like a sister country or something to Texas. Wow. Yeah, and there's a ton of people that listen from Australia. Wow. Well, that Australia is the, our second biggest market. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. We sell beer in Texas and we sell it in Australia. No way. That's <laughs> so cool. Shout out to yeah, Australia. So it's not going to be a lot, but okay? uh, we send a couple pallets every <laughs> yeah. once in a while over there. How cool. Yeah. yeah. Super cool. Um, is this next one me or is it you? Yeah. Really? I thought I just asked it. Nope. Okay, fine. Okay. So, and this again, this is, you know, 
research I did looking up online. So if it's old, <laughs> forgive me here. The beer slushies. Uh, who came up with the, it's like a Capri Sun type thing. Yeah. I don't know if we're allowed to say that. Um, <laughs> looking bag. Yeah. Looking <laughs> a, a bag with a straw in it with yeah. beverage in it. Um, packaging and what's the, uh, oh, because I said that type of packaging and yeah. what's the reception to the public like? I think I see the machines. I don't know if it's yeah. just... It was like a recent Instagram post. I okay, thought. then good. Hopefully you're I'm not making things not up. definitely embarrassed because <laughs> I failed to do homework. But can you tell us about that? I was super... Uh, I even told a colleague the other day uh, about how... Um, well, Blue Owl has this, you know, thing in a, in a package with a straw. Like they were talking about something like that. So I was really... Yeah. It uh, piqued my interest. Can you tell us about yeah. that? Yeah. It's, it's another <laughs> example of just we take our inspiration sometimes from <laughs> other things. So I like, I like Mexican martinis. Uh -huh. I like going to El Mercado, La Mancha uh -huh. and getting, um, uh, uh, margaritas, you know, nice. like the, what do you call them? Not on the rocks, the smoothie ones. Yeah. Uh, margaritas. And, uh, you know, I don't think we're by any means the first to do this. People started doing this already, but yes, yes. Um, I think Zilker uh, actually was doing it before we did. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, but just the simple idea of here's this other thing you can do. You mm -hmm. have to figure it out. You, even if you do it right, you have to make it good, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And how do we do that? What beers work? So it kind of turned into this, like, again, just another experiment of uh, trying to make it work knowing that the end result is is this thing that is fairly far outside the scope of craft beer uh <laughs> manufacturing but is a fun austin kind of thing and yeah. and you know we're not trying to cheapen craft beer or anything like that we're, we're kind of trying to have fun with it and we're trying mm -hmm. to do it well if nothing else you know right. people people can mock us for for having slushies but um i just think it's kind of a fun thing to have just yeah, yeah i definitely see there's a there's a niche for that for sure yeah, yeah. It, it looked fun <laughs> we probably sell the most from a you know um uh, law barbecue is across the street from oh, us okay. and they have people standing out line out and out outside in line for you know sometimes an hour hour oh, and a half wow. goodness and they'll come over here and get a couple of those and just go stand back in line <laughs> yeah uh, and it's just the perfect way to yeah, kind of deal with it it's been like 104 out lately yeah that's <laughs> rough pretty gross <laughs> yesterday was a nice <laughs> Nice release. So on that line, we have not asked, but the gas pump fill up. I know we only have one left in June, right? Yes. <laughs> so yeah, one can, more. Can you tell us about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Another example of, of just trying to create something and, and make something that you wouldn't necessarily think of. Uh, I was going down the street. There's a gas station just down the street called East First. They have a great beer selection. Sam behind oh. the bar is a super, super cool guy. Oh, I love wow. him. <laughs> um, anyway, I parked up there and I saw in their kind of back area an old pump, an old gas pump that looked probably from the 80s. Yes. I don't know. I'm not an expert, <laughs> but it, it looked, you know, kind of has, has the ET head, you know, it's almost like a neck with yep. this mm -hmm. football kind of shaped head <laughs> on top. Uh, and I was just like, that's really cool. I went inside and I was like, what are you doing with that? He said, ah, people like to use it for movies and, and that kind of thing. I'm like, can I have it? I'll do something with it. I don't know what I'm going to do, <laughs> but I'll do something with it. Uh, so he let me, let me have it. 
and brought it back here and and I was trying to think of what to do with it and I didn't know if th this was going to work but I just completely gutted the thing painted it made it look cool mm -hmm. put new LEDs in it so that it lights up and, yes. and says things has lights in it <laughs> but then the trick was actually buying you know the gas pump handles um and running beer line mm -hmm. through the whole system and it essentially is attaches to a jockey box so it's essentially just a oh, wow you know a pouring mechanism but the beer goes through uh through the hose <laughs> and then the the handle itself i had to figure out how to engineer the handle so that it actually worked when you like pulled the lever and, oh, and cool. let it go yeah. so you know when you squeeze it uh i, I have this silicone tube in there that kind of unpinches and it, it pours beer and awesome. we uh we we used it the first time at uh the texas craft brewers festival <laughs> which was really fun and, and we have some great pictures of of just so it pours but it doesn't pour great yeah and it often breaks um about every every 15 to 20 minutes it's it breaks uh and then you have to kind of rethread everything uh but uh we figured fast forward a few years <laughs> and I was, I was getting gas a few weeks ago or, or about six weeks ago and it was 60 bucks to fill it up. And yeah. I was just like, this is, this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought like, okay, can we, can we actually have uh beer cheaper than gas? Mm -hmm. So the fact that beers or, or gas is so expensive kind of makes it to where we can reasonably have beer cheaper. So I, I came back to Susie and Elsie and said, can we do a gallon of beer for $3.99 if I pour it out of the uh, uh, faucet, out of the gas pump? <laughs> and we're just like, yeah, that sounds like a cool, like kind of marketing thing. Like we don't make cool. any money on it, but yeah. uh, uh, we break even and do something cool yeah. for, for people. I think that experience is, uh, I know I can't put a price on that experience though. You know, that's, for the consumer, I would love that and yeah. love the picture and I would post yeah. it everywhere. That'd be great. Yeah. It was really fun. So the first couple times it worked maybe like 10% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> we pretty much burned through a keg just to pour a growler or two. Oh, no. So oh, it was really rough and, and kind of embarrassing <laughs> as I was going along. It just wasn't pouring right. And mm -hmm. so we, after the first two of actually pouring it through, um, I figured I needed to re-engineer the whole thing, but we continue to do that for the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, this week being the last week yeah. where, uh, we'll have it set up and have the, you know, display going, saying the price of the beer and everything, and, and we'll pour from the faucet so we don't waste so much. Yeah. Uh, but the goal is to, uh, re-engineer that handle and, and try to get it pouring normally so that we can have it. Uh, it's a really fun thing. It's yeah, cool. I, I saw that. I immediately had to use the restroom when I got here, and I was like, oh, "Did you see this?" And I was like, she, "Yeah, we already saw that." Yeah, she told me we already <laughs> talked about it, and I was like, "Oh man, that might have been a after like, work we had night." A whole conversation babe. about it yeah. at home. <laughs> I I told her, "Are you sure you're talking to me?" But, so wait, uh, that gas station has a bar, though. Uh, no, it has uh, a good selection okay. of beer. beer. Okay. Right? Yeah. Like I'm for like, the neighborhood, what? it's it's kind of. The I don't know. I thought place. you were like getting a pint while you were filling up. No, no, I was no, like, no. this is amazing. I'm going to the wrong gas <laughs> <Yeah>. station. <laughs> just 
bring to your own. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So uh, you jumped on the Growler one. Did you want to ask that 19 one there, babe? Or sure. No? We noticed Blue Owl Instagram is popping with great photos and posts. Um, who can we thank for the great publicity? That is another Elsie Greer. <laughs> okay. That's amazing. Um, yeah. yeah beautiful yeah. photos. She does a great job. Um, you know, we all we all try to have marketing meet like Susie, her and I try to get together and we're not marketing experts. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't get into that, into this business for that, nor are we experienced in it, but all of us have, have tried to take the time to kind of learn how to do it right. And then Elsie um, has gone about uh, above and beyond to just communicate what we're trying to say in a beautiful like if we feel we have something beautiful to say and we put out this nasty picture of you know <laughs> right. something boring or just a, a glass with beer in it then it's not communicating that so uh elsie just does a great job of of communicating what we're trying to say yeah they're beautiful yeah no we were very impressed with it so uh tangerina uh it's a very tasty selection we've enjoyed it a couple times uh while here in austin um can you tell us about uh, how this beer came to be? Like, you know, you're talking about milkshake IPAs and, and um, you know, how you guys tried a bunch and whatnot and, and found it. How did you uh, kind of hone in on this one as being what you guys were going to make? Um, that's a good question because uh, because I loved Tiki so much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can really only have Tiki, I feel like, middle of the summer. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're not we're not going to release it in... Uh, December. Um, it's still really hot in December here. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's true. Uh, Australia. We were trying to just think of of other other inputs for the formula. Mm -hmm. You know, on on one side you need something acidic, mm -hmm. um, some kind of fruit. Uh, on the other side, you need something kind of creamy. Um, and uh, tangerines and vanilla. You know that whole dream sickle thing yes. there's already there's yeah. already beers out there like that and <laughs> and we tried to find some and and found some and and kind of saw what their version of of this thing would be the weird thing is there's a lot of milkshake ipas out there that there's just there's no ipa i feel yeah. like they're just holding on to to the letters word ipa just to kind of give it some value. Mm -hmm. It's really just a milkshake beer because yeah. they're not really adding the hops in there mm -hmm. that you expect. It's just a sweet, fruity thing. They're gross. But <laughs> <laughs> with Tangerina, um, again, it was, well, what what hops can we use that have really good citrus, tangerine, mm -hmm. orange kind of thing? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, we got the, now I'm blanking on it, on the <laughs> hop that was. I have to come back to that. I can't remember. <laughs> Mandarin of Bavaria. Mandarin of oh, okay. Bavaria. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So many hops in my head. I, I can't remember <laughs> which one's which. So Mandarin of Bavaria is kind of a mild hop. It's not like your classic American hop that's mm -hmm. going to blow somebody away with, you know, big hop character. But it's really nice and, and super citrusy, very mm -hmm. noble. Um, and then on the other side, uh, on the vanilla side, it was just kind of like with Sabro and Coconut. You just don't expect these flavors to go together. Yeah. And there's a, a new hop, that newish hop, that, that has this unique vanilla character. 
uh, called Lotus. Mm, and, yeah. you know, we took the risk of not like kind of sight unseen saying, let's, let's get this Lotus. It says it's got vanilla. We want this tangerine vanilla milkshake IPA. Um, but then I found a brewery um, that was serving a, a single hop Lotus beer mm. and I tried it and I was like, yeah, that's, that's vanilla. That's mm. this crazy vanilla character coming wow. from your hops. Oh, cool. So I was yeah. like, this is so cool. Put it together with, with, you know, the Mandarina Bavaria and, and all that. And just like Tiki Hop Totem, it just comes together in such a cool way. I, I, I'm, I'm lactose intolerant. Some people complain sometimes that we, we probably use lactose a little too much. Um, I might agree with them as, as, as far as that goes and in my intolerance. Uh, but the reason we use lactose, uh, and the reason that's been a very popular thing, especially over the few years, mm -hmm. um, kind of in the same line as a milkshake IPA, or sorry, a, 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 a milk stout, is if you need sweetness, residual sweetness and body in a beer, all the other sugars are going to ferment. Mm -hmm. Lactose will not ferment. I, think I heard that, yeah. Yeah. So if you want sweetness, if you want that big milkshakey kind of thing you have to use lactose and yeah. and yeah whenever we can like we were just canning um tiger's blood which has lactose in it too because it's kind of a full body sweet beer uh will one of our packaging guys brings a handful of lactate lactase you know the enzyme <laughs> yeah, uh, yep. and we all just take it and we we have some while yeah. we're canning it down. we don't do dairy but yeah. i'll drink it when it comes out in beer mm -hmm. but usually it's not good like i've said it's absolutely too sweet but this is yeah. the only time that we've it's balanced here at blue yeah Owl. it's yeah wonderful it's a great uh, on the couch beer at yeah. the pool beer like we'd love in the shower spot. beer in the shower beer yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anytime you need beer beer yeah pretty much. okay <laughs> although it was back in march the dapper dog runway show looked like so much fun for a great cause can you tell us how the event went this year yeah and we told you a little about about our crazy pooch so Ooh. we do have you know some dog uh, love here so we, we definitely want yeah. to mention this dog yeah th this would <laughs> definitely be a good one for Susie. um you know we haven't i don't think we've given her enough credit mm -hmm. yet or i haven't given her enough credit yet uh -oh. for all the <laughs> you know kind of fun creative kooky things mm -hmm. that that blue owl does a lot of time is is just Su susie's brain you know she cool. she's just yeah. that kind of person that's very creative um very diy like not like let's spend a bunch of money yeah. oftentimes it's let's spend no money and try to do something really cool yeah mm -hmm. um but she has a bunch of italian greyhounds i have a couple blue healers okay um yeah i've heard both, about the italian greyhounds yeah they, they <laughs> are so they are the dapper devils or, or one of them okay uh, dapper devil oh that's cool uh that's you'll see her on the on the artwork um <laughs> but uh I don't know the details, honestly, about the um, sponsorship, but um, I was even out of town for the event. But the, <laughs> but the fact that it went together in the, the, the videos that I saw of these dogs walking down the runway with little costumes on and yeah, uh, it's just is is pretty good indicator of like what we like and what, what nice. we're trying to do. I think we saw that one on YouTube too, Remember right? Or we just Instagram. Tried to put flannel pajamas on our dog oh yeah for christmas we what put flannel flannel pajamas on him and he just ate them he chewed them, <laughs> off. He chewed them <laughs> off his body he was like no thank you that's fair so yeah. there you go like, okay all right, all right. But it, it was, was like it was cold when we did it, though i don't think so because it was like christmas and christmas was like oh, 90 here yeah, for yeah. some reason <laughs> i got you okay right all right so another one here um hopefully you know again it sounds like Susie does some of these um 
um, events and whatnot. But the uh, the local love club, it sounds wonderful. I put all caps there, letting the listeners know. Are they still available? I saw the glasses, and uh, I saw. Can you tell us about the blue owl feature? Um, about this blue owl feature and its reception, and how did the purple glass sell out so fast? Because we tried to buy, <laughs> yeah, and the purple glass is gone. I was like, why is there? Why is the purple glass gone already? I don't know why the purple one uh, sold so fast. <laughs> there, there may be some. Maybe there was like less made or something. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> maybe a deficiency in the that particular dye or you know something upstream that we would not even think about. I love that logo at the bottom. You know, as you're yeah. drinking. It's great. Can you tell us about this? Yeah, the, the local love program um, really is just trying to. We know that we aren't your average um, tap room. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's harder to come in here and just have a regular beer. Just come mm-hmm. in and get a beer. We we know that. Um, we're trying to do something different than that, and it benefits you know people trying to come in and mm-hmm. having a little more of an experience. Um, but we don't want to turn away the people that do just want to come in and have a beer. So mm-hmm. uh, basically, we're just trying anything we can to get you know folks in the neighborhood um, or, or in the city that just want to come by every once in a while and try the new beer, uh, an opportunity, an easy way just to, to come in and, and do that. So we have a little bit of a weird setup, but we try to make it work in, in some of these unique ways. So that's due to the the city zoning? Is that yeah. how that works here? So yeah. you have to buy a glass and then you get four credits? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. It, yeah. Some <laughs> some silly loophole that all the breweries used to do like maybe six years ago. Every yeah. every brewery out there gave you little tokens or something like yeah. that mm-hmm. for um, a glass and two tokens or something like that. Uh, and we don't have the particular issues they used to have we have a a different issue of we're trying to be a a manufacturing brewery in town you know we're we're some of the closest ones like into closest to downtown and trying to make use of of being like in a neighborhood Mm -hmm. uh but we're not zoned to be a nightclub which right. is how the city of Austin sees it or, or what you would need to be able to sell beer by the pint. So we adopted that so model is viewed as a nightclub essentially. If you want it. Yeah. If, if this, uh, our tap room, if we just wanted to sell our beer mm-hmm. because we're kind of closer to town, we're in a neighborhood, we're not in an industrial park. Okay. So most breweries are in industrial parks. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay. In industrial parks, you can do whatever you want, Got but it. you're okay. in an industrial park. Yeah. Um, you know, we wanted something a little closer. Uh, we thought maybe we could change the zoning. Um, but, you know, like I was saying, eight years ago, this neighborhood was very different. We mm-hmm. were seen as, as outsiders and got ugly, you know, trying to like change anything. <laughs> so we're just like, OK, you know, we'll back off because we we, we, yeah. we don't need this. Right. 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 Um, so maybe a little sneak peek uh we are trying to essentially turn into a brew pub proper okay. brew pub restaurant okay. and if we serve enough simple foods yeah then we can sell by the pint yeah and and we want that but all of this is just us trying to get through all the, mm-hmm. the city stuff right texas they make it fun. yeah yeah pretty much so we're about 26 minutes and we have some meaty questions so we take a break and come back yeah okay okay cheers back with jeff cheers 
Welcome back, y'all. <laughs> Sorry. Are you ready? Yes. Sorry, guys. I uh, was hitting the wrong button. So um, we asked about the Love Club. Love that. Um, I am currently drinking the Apricot Little Boss. It's out and about, and it's very delicious. Uh, can you tell me about this and how, um, like, how is it different from, you know, just a regular Little Boss? Like, what do you do to apricot soup it up? We had apricot to little boss. Nice. Like, <laughs> uh, like pounds and pounds and pounds. Or? It is a lot. Um, yeah. That's the thing is, is, you know, we've, we've had little boss since the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's our, we don't call it a Berliner Weiss, Berliner Weiss kind of yeah. thing. Okay. You know, mm -hmm. it, it, it fills that role. We, we went into this beer trying not to specifically be a Berliner Weiss because mm -hmm. like I said, they were. Berliner Weisses and Gozas were all the rage back when we were opening and yeah. we were just trying to be different. Mm -hmm. So we were trying to kind of create something from scratch, but obviously it's very close to a Ber Berliner Weiss style. Anyway, uh, you know, the cool thing about Little Boss is it, it really illustrates the flavor of our sour. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's kind of the pilsner of of sour beers. Oh, I love a Berliner Weiss yeah. mm -hmm. is something that shows... Yeah, what does your sour taste like? How clean can you make it? Um, yeah. Nothing to hide behind. Yeah, it's uh, really tasty. It's super approachable. Very much so. Like a yeah. gateway sour. I, I, that would be me. I need that gateway sour, and it's really delicious. Tastes like candy. <laughs> sour candy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Little Boss itself is is you know fairly simple. Um, I always think of it as kind of like a lemon sourdough. Kind oh, of thing because it has a little bit of a doughiness really to yeah. it. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the sourness makes it a little lemony. Yeah, uh, and I think we just kind of got to the point where we wanted to do something a little bit different with it uh, because oftentimes when we're doing these these modified beers with a bunch of different spices and fruits and things, you know, we're 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 sometimes making it pretty complicated, maybe sometimes overcomplicating it. Uh, but this Little Boss series that we're going through now, um, we're trying to keep it simple. So nice. this really okay. is just as much apricot as, as we can afford to put in Little Boss. Because <laughs> um, like you said, it's the same skew at, at um, Whole Foods in that we make the same amount mm -hmm. or, or we sell it for the same amount. Yeah. Uh, but fruit is expensive now yeah mm -hmm. um, everything is yeah everything yeah, <laughs> yeah so i'm waiting to see uh prices go up on some things but yeah it yeah. is helpful uh from that aspect like you said having that same you know unified number there so you can just continually bring it in and swap in i was wondering out. if we'll see a pumpkin little boss <laughs> oh dang Man, we, yeah. we throw around the pumpkin word <laughs> you know uh every year around a certain time and we we haven't yeah. fully gone into it yet but don't, yeah, don't she be, just don't wants be surprised. to know. She wants to know when you guys will be um, gored to go with it. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. Just waiting with those. I had, had it lined up when you said it. Absolutely. <laughs> so, but I did want to ask before we move on. Yeah. How did it, the name Little Boss for it come to be? Um, this was early conversations that Susie and I and and Jessica, our first graphic designer, mm -hmm. and, and some of our other friends who are just creatives. Yeah. Were trying to again, come up with these names that didn't necessarily say like obviously what it is, yeah, mm -hmm, but right. in an inadvertent, inadvertent way said something about it. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, going down the Haagen-Dazs and Blue Owl kind of thing. It's <laughs> yes. it's like we're trying to say something and, and sometimes it has no real connection, but we're going to establish a connection or 
um, we're going to allude to things. And, and the whole point behind this beer was that it is, it's a small beer. So, you know, in the industry, we use the word small to mean low alcohol. Right. So the small beer, 3.2 or 3.8, something like that, really light, but still has a lot of flavor. Cause that's, oh, that's when people yeah. think like, mm-hmm. you know, light alcohol, it, it, it's, it's like a light lager or something right. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. you know, American lager. Uh, but we wanted this to have, you know, some some wheat doughy character to it, the fruity uh, character, uh, lemongrass kind of character. So to us, it was like it's a small beer, but has a big character. Mm-hmm. So we were calling it Little Boss. So That's it was, so was the yeah. idea was. No, I uh, love that. And I have a colleague who loves this. Loves nice. it. Yeah. She was excited when it came in and has bought some like at least once a week. Buys a six pack. So. Very nice. Turns out one of my friends, her nickname is Little Boss. Uh, that's funny. So people people relate to it every once in a while. I Absolutely. like that. That's great. Right. Um, so can you tell us, in your opinion, what is unique about the Austin beer scene? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I do love to travel and mm-hmm. see other scenes and see how they're different because you really get to appreciate, like, and understand what makes your scene unique. Yeah. And certainly the thing that makes our scene unique is, is our logger game, our Pilsner game mm-hmm. here. Um, the fact that, you know, you can make any style anywhere in the world, but there are certain styles that just work in certain places yeah. at certain times under certain conditions. Um, and here in Texas, just like, you know, light, tart, refreshing things work really well. Uh, light pilsners work really mm-hmm. well. Drinkable stuff works really well. But how is how is a, an, a craft brewer scene or craft brewers going to look at making light lagers? Uh, what they're going to do is, is try to make them as flavorful as they can or are as well constructed as they can so there's just um a lot of good loggers pilsners in in this town and and yeah. you know we're, we're starting to kind of get in on that game because i feel a little left out you know once we, when i left black star and and i stopped making a lot of these non-sour <laughs> beers um even though we've done some sour check lagers mm-hmm. or sa- uh, pilsners and and lime tastico you know it's not the same as is just a, a a nice german pilsner or something like that so or we're, we're trying to get a little bit back into the game and and really enjoying it um it's almost like you know just almost starting over again and and making non-sour beers uh almost kind of forgot how mm-hmm. to make non-sour beers and we had to adjust our systems because this yeah. whole brewery is designed mm-hmm. for making sour beers and we kind of had to undo some stuff um, gotcha. so it's a lager town <laughs> yeah no yeah. I, I, I have really appreciated it with the weather and then just ladybird lake ladybird yeah for yeah. sure even front porch back porch it's yeah. uh, definitely uh, that's the style that I'm leaning towards right now. And I found some good ones that I never gravitated towards that before. Yeah, we never invested in koozies until we moved here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Koozie game's got to be strong. Here. It's real yeah. strong Austin. at the pool. Let me tell you. <laughs> so is this one uh, me? Next, mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. So I was excited to ask you this, uh, Jeff, what are some of your favorite hops to brew with? Like top three to five. I know you've mentioned a few already, uh, but uh, just 
putting you on the spot here, not just beer specific. What are some of your favorite hops and why? Hmm. That's good. I, I don't mean to be the negative Nancy, mm-hmm. uh, but I often, <laughs> I have a, a short list of hops that I hate. Oh, uh, well, usually all the that other ones too, are, yeah. are ones that, yeah. uh, that uh, I work with because all the other ones I feel like are, are, they have their purpose. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly mm-hmm. like love or hate them. I'm just like, this one is made for this. This yeah. one is for this. The utilitarian. And this sure. one yeah. don't ever touch <laughs> because I hate it. Uh, mosaic <laughs> top of the list. For uh, hate? Hate. Oh wow. I can't really? stand it. Okay. Uh, I know it, it, it kind of rose to power and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. was a big deal. And every time uh, it was just like a oniony. Yeah weird flavor yeah. that i just couldn't get past especially for souring i would think it's just not, so yeah so it's i've not in that never warehouse, used I would it think. yeah for sure um, it's, it's totally different yeah i see that yeah well you bring a good point for for souring we certainly do see certain hops mm-hmm. that that kind of work in different yeah. ways mm-hmm. so you know the hops that do have ob- obvious like citrus components mm-hmm. work really well with okay. with the acid um and and yeah, it's one of the reasons Van Dam actually Van Dam was retired after the first year or so because it had its original recipe wasn't working for me and I was just like I'm I don't like how this is turning out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were trying to pr- pretend like it was kind of related to a Flemish red, mm-hmm. uh, and then we I just abandoned it and then started tasting some of our sours that were using you know, hops like Simcoe and Amarillo that have a, a distinct like grapefruit okay. orange kind of character. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's what you need because those are, those are hoppy hops. Those are like your, your Pacific Northwest cascade kind of, kind of hops. Those yeah. work really well. And then when you get into more of the Nouveau hops, Citra and, and uh, Citra is just kind of a no brainer for this with its tropical fruit, mm-hmm. pineapple mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, but it's it's kind of um, a little simple, like so. You need to add some other stuff in there. So we just have a whole arsenal of of different hops that we use for different ways. But usually, yeah, we're trying to revolve it around a central central concept of of acidity and and nice. like fruit sourness. So where did because um, we talked about earlier with the collaboration, where does Nelson where does that fill fit in for you? You know, do you use that at all? I mean, no, it, you. <clears throat> we spoke about it, the New Zealand one, one of Janie and, and my favorites. Does that fit anywhere in with you guys? Yeah, I have a, a weird history with mm-hmm. Nelson Savin now mm-hmm. um, because as much as I, I love New Zealand, mm-hmm. um, when I was at Black Star, I did this um, beer design group mm-hmm. where anybody, any of the member owners could come in. I'm like, I'm trying to design this um, Saison, but I want it to be hoppy, but what kind of hops are going to work? Mm-hmm. And one of the guys that was sitting in my little circle, uh, his name was Joss. Um, uh, is it Ruffle or Roussel? Anyway, he's the head brewer at, at Garage Project mm-hmm. in New Zealand. It's like New Zealand's biggest brewery. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and, and he was just sitting there in, in one of my little little groups. Uh, <laughs> and he he suggested Nelson Savin. I'm like, okay, let's, let's check that out. And it, it's... When brewers hear or think about Nelson Savin, it, it's one of the first like super expensive rare hops, mm-hmm. small production, a lot of hype. Um, if you get it, you know, you don't add too much of it because it gets really expensive. Or if you do, what does it taste like? 
and I would say over the years, it's almost fallen out of favor um, because at the rates that we hop things, it, it, it starts not tasting quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It is like a nice uh, white New Zealand wine. Mm. It has a little bit of funkiness. It's subtle um, and, and elegant. But when you try to hop it, like like a, an American IPA kind of thing, mm-hmm. I just don't think it's right. I so yeah. I love it. We used it for the smash beer. I was so excited. But then we got it. Of course, every harvest is a little different. Every yeah. lot yeah, yeah, is yeah. a little different. So, <laughs> right. you know, maybe what do I know? But uh, <laughs> it, it, I was kind of disappointed with I spent more money on hops on that beer. I spent as much money on hops on that beer than I do for every other beer total ingredients because wow, wow. we're just like, let's go all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I was just kind of like, eh. No, and we've heard that. Yeah, it is pricey for sure. Like one of the pricier. Absolutely. Right. Um, okay. Do you guys have any food pop-ups, food trucks, and what is your recommendation for food choices when people come to the brewery? Yeah, you mentioned across the street earlier with the, the slushy bag things that might be copyrighted we're not going to talk about um (laughs) is there others yeah love barbecue um we have uh, a bunch of uh, vegan food trucks that are just on the on the same block that we are um yeah yeah whole whole food truck area over there um uh juniper is one of my favorite restaurants Mm -hmm. in town It's, it's kind of a small plate italian hoity-toity kind of expensive restaurant that's just never disappoints. Hoity-toity. So good. Yeah, Yeah. you go and you you feel feel special. (laughs) Um, It's so good. Uh, And then, of course, one in a million is just down the street. One in Um, a million? That's funny. Yeah, we do pop-ups, food trucks every once in a while. This weekend, we're doing the uh, Maine Lobster Truck. Yeah, I saw that lobster. Friday, July 1st. Lobster, right? Rock Lobster Day. Yeah. Is that a yeah. B fifty two rock lobster? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> one of our one of our packaging people loves B fifty two. I do too. Yeah. Plays so it funny. All the time. <laughs> That's old. Rock lobster is like old. B-52. Yeah. No, I know. Super old. Oh, you know. Okay. I do know. Right. <laughs> I know. So I don't get I a lot of your references, that, but I got that one. Oh wow. Oh gosh. I'm gonna edit that out. <laughs> so, with that said, with the sick burn from my wife there, <laughs> please tell us what's going on with Blue Owl Brewing uh, this you know this week and in the future what we can expect like this how can time. we how can we touch base with you guys what, how can we get your beers and what, what's going on uh, here at the Top Room the Brewery super awesome brewery super awesome brewery yeah. <laughs> yeah I think you know one of the best things for us right now is is for people to come to the brewery so that we can reconnect um, so that you can get the experience that we're that we're trying to create with our beers. Um, so come into the tap room, um, and, and come to some of the beer releases and special events that we're having. So this week we are releasing my favorite beer, Tiki Hop Totem. This Yay. year's Tiki, um, it's tasting wonderful already out of the tank. Uh, we're going to package it tomorrow, um, and, and have it ready for, uh, Thursday's release. Uh, we have a, build your own ukulele uh, course Mm -hmm. uh, or or class. Uh, If you go onto our website, blueoutbrewing.com, you'll be able to see that class and sign up for it. Uh, And then this Sunday for July 3rd, we are releasing the uh, sequel to um, 
the apricot fruited little boss and we're doing a pickled little boss mm. where we create our own finally pickle beer. <laughs> yes. um, I can't say I'm, I'm, I'm in love with the pickle fad, yeah. but as we started <laughs> tasting them and we started doing test batches mm -hmm. of our own, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Mm -hmm. uh, it is really unique and special, yes. you know. So we tried all different kinds of dill and cucumbers and oh, coriander wow. oh, and God. salt <laughs> and vinegar. Like, yeah, all this stuff. And it, <laughs> when you put it together, there's just something special about it. Mm -hmm. um, but that's also sitting in the tank, and and we're gonna try to get that ready um, for Sunday's kind of like pre Fourth of July. Oh, how cool! Party. Right, perfect weather for pickle bee. Yeah, and then just in case people don't know how to look stuff up online, what what are the hours then on Sunday to expect that you know to come down for the weekend? I was weekend like, I think I see him from here, twelve to eight. That sounds about right. Yeah, okay. yeah. I had to look, uh, <laughs> right after church, guys. Friday through Saturdays, twelve to ten. <laughs> Wednesday through Thursdays, three to ten. Yes. Uh, well, there's some people that don't, you know. I, I was streaming them backwards off the door. Uh, you're amazing. <laughs> you're 10 amazing. to 3. And yeah, but they should definitely check Instagram because it's beautiful. Sure. Yeah. And then, you know, as Jeff's saying, you know, this is, <clears throat> excuse me. So Tiki Hop Totem is going to drop on the 29th. You guys should hear this episode on the 30th. So you're a day late and need to come to Blue Owl, guys, and yeah. check it out for sure. Right. And, and then the last open. gas pump fill up, right? Gas right. It's also yeah. Thursday. It's on Thursday. Yeah. That's the last time for you can get a, a, a gallon of beer. Because uh, yeah, somebody yes, thought, because they saw that we were doing, you know, uh, growlers. Yeah. And growlers are usually a half gallon. Yeah, they're 64, not one. We're selling those for $2. So, wow. you know, the, the whole point is is yeah. a gallon for We might have to uh, take out our growlers, babe. We might have to unpack right. some boxes <laughs> and bring some growlers. And in case you don't have any, they sell beautiful ones. They do. Yeah. They're gorgeous <laughs> here, guys. They're yeah. wonderful. Lots of merchandise, t-shirts, stickers, uh, tin tackers for your wallet home, guys. I yeah, mean, it's, it's beautiful. You got to check it out. I already yeah. see a lot of things that we will come back and get for yeah. sure. But thank you so much. Yeah, Jeff, thank you so much, Susie. Thank you. Missed you, but Brad, glad that uh, we could talk and hopefully we meet yeah. soon. So, guys, come visit Blue Out very soon, guys. Definitely. Cheers. Cheers. From what's happening.